So what we're talking about, first off, hi, how are you? Um, I think you're doing really amazing today. I think what you've gone through and what you survived, even, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that could possibly be. But in case you haven't heard it, well done. You're doing bloody great given the circumstances and I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm glad, glad you, you exist. exist. If I can. So can you. Now we've got all the important things addressed. Today we're going to be talking about... Transmutation. What do you mean by that exactly? What do I mean by transmutation? Don't you know what transmutation is? That's okay, because I'm going to explain it. Because when somebody doesn't know something, you should treat them with respect and use it as an opportunity to upskill them rather than call them out for not having the same experience you do. Thank you. Because that's how we make friends and don't come off as an asshole. So anyway, you asked a question and to, <laughs> uh, to honour the question you asked, you asked me what <clears throat> transmutation is. Back in the olden days, when wizards would try to turn lumps of clay into precious materials such as gold, the process was called transmutation. This is the part you'll Google, just in case I'm misremembering things. Transmutation, to my understanding, is the process of turning one thing into another. Like transforming, but I like transmuting better. Transmutation, for me, is transforming one emotion into another. And this can be really helpful in terms of protecting yourself. So what it might mean is that you are looking after yourself by not staying in one emotion and going into another. Now I'm talking about anxiety and depression, and I'm sure they don't put anything in the water, but with current climates and the amount of words that you hear on media against certain groups of individuals or groups of people, we hear lots of negative things about a lot of different folk that we might not see eye to eye with. We might not have similarities. We might have differences. They might be from other places or be in other walks of life. It saddens me because, to be very honest... (sighs) anyone's welcome in my house as long as you obey simple rules of let's be kind to each other and if you could take your shoes off that'd be lovely tiger continued rambling on about the house for a number of minutes but we decided it's best to spare you the details that was a lot about my house that i don't need in this podcast (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you transmutation is changing one in one emotion into another and by doing so it can protect you Because what you don't want to do is wallow in depression or anxiety, which are getting more prevalent in today's society, I feel. That could be a projection of where I'm standing. Could be the ability to actually diagnose these things and not just brush them off by saying, oh, you know, that person just has sad or has depression. As it used to be characterized as people used to mock people with depression because it used to be less commonplace. But the more that we interact with more things, there is more combinations and pressures that accumulate that can be described in this way. First off, to anyone who has anxiety and depression, I wish you strength. Because that is, that's crap sandwiches. But we can learn to live with these things by being mindful. One of the ways I live with mine is transmutation. Now, this is just an example of a thing that you could do if you have the capacity to do it if you have the spoons spoon theory is the ability to cope with certain activities 
and is often used as language in the disabled community to express how we have the energy to do a thing. So if if I was going to say to you, Alex, oh, you know what? You've invited me on Saturday, but I've been working all week. I've been doing extra hours and I've my sleep is shot. I'm in too much pain. I don't have the spoons. Sorry, love. It can articulate physical and mental health. So it might be that my social spoons are out. Or if I have to do something, I can articulate to you, my spoons are turning to knives, which means that I might be really angry when I do this, or it may hurt me to do this. Doubling back, this technique can be quite helpful for folk. And when is it needed? Because I'll tell you after I've explained the rest of this intro. It's needed when you are aware of when you're going into a spiral or a state where depression is going to be more prominent. I have started to pick up through reflection and knowing myself as one of the gifts of being very overthinky. Overthinky is a word now. Sounds kind of cute. It's except for now. Yeah, except for it keeps me up a lot. So one of the gifts of overthinking is sometimes overthinking can work for me. And one of those things is continually thinking about how I operate. I can use that power to acknowledge that I sometimes fall into depressive states or my anxiety is through the roof. By acknowledging these things, I can then go about identifying what I need to get out of those states if I have the ability to see it. Because depression can create the great fog And also, depression can be one of these things that likes being depressed. So I, today is an example of when I indulged my depression. So I got some really awful news. I'm not going to bring your day by down by telling you what that was. But immediately I put on a song or two because I've, I've always related songs to emotions. So when I listen to certain things, they bring out certain emotions in me. Very early in my journey, I would bring on, I would listen to songs and I would bring out or intensify that feeling. And then I would use other musics that are on a similar vibe, but start to change depression or upset into anger and then let anger out in safe ways. I remember I used to, I, I got this, this information, I think it was on an anti-bullying thing. What I did was I filled up a, a bag with rice. Hmm. I filled it up with rice, just a small bag, and then I put masking tape all around it. Hmm. So I made like a brick of this stuff, and I beat the crap out of that, that that bag of rice. And it was really satisfying that as the more I did it, eventually the tape started to break. I saw rice, and that was very satisfying. And also really safe, because I wasn't hurting anyone. Sounds like an outlet of all of that energy as well, right? It was. I think even from an early age, I didn't want to... I didn't want to add to the negativity that they were putting out in the world. I mean, I I come across like a fucking angel. No, I... To be very honest, I gave back as good as I got in terms of verbal. I didn't want to fight. In all fairness, I'm six foot two. Lots of people automatically have that. Ooh, I might not come out good for this. Mm. Luckily, my <laughs> my physicality is an off-putting thing for somebody to go, Ooh, I might not pick a fight with that person. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I also, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a sad tale for me because I am often judged and perceived incorrectly for what I truly am, which is just 
I want to say the cliche of gentle giant, but somebody who's actually quite caring and quite considerate of how they are and how they're perceived in the world. So getting back to it, there are, if you are aware of the situations that you're in, then you can do things. And this is, and I'm telling you is if you work exactly like I do, you need to understand how you work. This is a suggestion, obviously. I find it immensely important in my journey to understand how my mind works and going from one state to another. How can I take things that ruin me and make them into light? It's very difficult. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of really solid practice and taking notice of the information that you give other people. If you're one, if you're that supportive friend and you're constantly going around saying, oh, well, you should do this, Tracy, or you should do that, or you should be more mindful, or you should do this. I don't know why I'm doing that accent. but um, It's not helpful. It, it isn't, no, isn't it? Then you have to make sure that you're taking your own advice. Mm. Because it's all... I mean, it is the worst thing for empaths. For those who are empaths, it's very much like there's a burning building and you've been in a burning building before. You remember the choking, you remember the smoke, the flames, and you don't want anyone to be hurt in that situation. So you go in and you save all the people from that burning building, not caring if you get smoke inhalation yourself, not caring for the burns, the heat, the rubble that's falling all about you. And the last person left in that building happens to be you because you've got all those people out. As part of not forgetting yourself is making sure that you are aware of your emotional triggers or making sure that you can have spaces and places and things that take you out of situations, which is easier said than done. And I'm talking from a place where I do have a life that is structured like that. You might not have that luxury. I wish that for you. I really hope that you can find those structures by going out to places which might be community coffee mornings or going to a local library or going to anything that is a meetup for folk who share commonality with you or if you want to develop a new skill because then you'll all have the commonality of developing that skill together. So just some ideas about where you would find those commonalities. But I want you to focus or be inspired to focus on relaxation. It's one of the most important things. When I have been in groups, one of the biggest things if I'm working with a group of people is that I know that they can relax. I check in quite often with people if I am very attached to them about if they're relaxing. And that's two things that I'm doing right there. One, I want to make sure that somebody can just divorce from the day they can just disengage from the day they can just separate the day from the night and make sure that they get their equilibrium back that they find balance again i'm also projecting because i know that i have to learn to relax and find things that relax me right now you're hearing one of the things that relaxes me is telling people and recording this it's just trying to help people in any way that I can. Spoken like a true empath. You have a remarkable ability of picking topics and using words that resonate with me. Sharing from my side a little bit, I've been in therapy for almost two years for anxiety and depression. Luckily, it's getting better. There's mm -hmm. still bad days. There always will be, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the idea of 
trying to turn it into something positive is new to me. I dealt with anxiety or am dealing with anxiety to the point of I'm trying to understand where it comes from, to understand the trigger, to approach it with curiosity of what are you trying to warn me about, right? Because it is perceived danger. Mm -hmm. But on the depression side, I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't admit it to myself, actually have been probably for the better part of my entire life. So the idea of trying to take that not necessarily happy energy or positive energy, if you want to label it that way, and turning it into something useful, turning it into something I can actually tap into when it does come up. That is a fascinating concept to me. So how do you do that? First off, I want to hold the space and say to you, thank you for telling me that. Thank you again for honoring me. And I'm so very glad that your ears get to be the first ears that hear the things that I say. Thank you. To answer your question, how do I do that? How do I... Okay, I'm going to give you two examples mm -hmm. of where I have practically done the thing that I'm talking about, just to show it out. Without getting into details, because what I want to do is to install guides and pictures in people's minds when I talk. And what I don't want to do is take you down a misery lane or get you to open what I call a box in your head that will take ages to close. Because this is not counselling and I cannot see what's happening in your life because you're listening and it's one way. Hopefully one day it will be two way, but for now one way. My examples are this. There was an event in my life where someone did something to me. I'm not going to label it. But what happened was I went through a lot of things to repair myself. I then went to get professional help to repair myself. And a fascinating thing was said to me, which was, you compartmentalize things. You compartmentalize the shit out of things. I honestly think we can't help you. But that's because you know exactly what to do to help yourself. And Did I was you? like, wow, you've actually just given me the seal of approval for somebody <laughs> that I perceive as a specialist. Right. So I was like, I looked through myself. I looked deep, deep, deep. I looked into my pain. I looked into all the things that had happened, all the the pent-up rage, that had, all the emotions, the kaleidoscope of resentment, hatred, depression, anger, fury, pain, physical and mental. And I went, right. I, I sewed it all up. I got it all into a place, and luckily, I find it lucky. I mean, it might not be for some people, but I do. I'm pagan. And I did a ceremony. I did a ritual. And if you want to strip that back so it's usable by anyone, I did a play. I did a play for me. I did it in front of that which I find sacred. So the sun, the moon, and the sea. And to repair myself, I had a witness there who was very close to me, a very close friend, who guided me there. Then I basically did a simple ritual of eating an apple i ate an apple whilst the sea watched me whilst the moon watched me and whilst a friend watched me and i ate an apple 
And I took all of the goodness out of that experience because as negative as that experience was, it helped guide me and it still helps guide me today to be more alert to different dangers, to be very select with the people that I associate myself with or hang around or let into my life and to be ever conscious of desperation and what it can lead to. And I visualized taking only the good from that situation and I was left with an apple core, the bit of the apple that I don't eat. Some people do. I don't judge you. But I saw the part of the apple that I didn't want to eat. And that was all the negativity that I had. And I buried it in the sand. Mm. And I waited until the tide came in and submerged it. And as the tide went out, that was me letting go. And I let the sea take my negativity. Mm. For me, that spoke to me in a way I understood. That was on my terms. That was enough And I think that there is a bit of truth in that, that you could do anything. Mm. But again, those are my cheat codes. They're not anybody else's. They could be somebody else's. If you're somebody who reacts to that, cool. But what is your magic, Alex? What's Alex's personal magic? How do you explore? Writing, actually. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some of these journal entries turn into very horrible poetry. I do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would never ever read any of them out, but thoughts articulated in a different order than wouldn't necessarily fit a standard form of writing, I guess. That doesn't make them any less valid. True. And I would love to hear them. Okay. And I would trade you one for one. Special podcast episode. Special podcast. But oh god, my spoiler. <laughs> Season two coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so journaling and poetry. The other thing I write is letters. Letters to myself, letters to people, letters to situations. I treat those situations or people as if I were speaking to them through that letter. Mm-hmm. I always write them by hand which is very critical to me for the process, really. I cannot write it digitally. It needs to be done by hand. And quite honestly, if emotions seep into the writing, the handwriting gets illegible. You can't make heads or tails of it. But... That sounds fantastic. That's the point. Yeah, of course. That's the point. My most recent example where I've done that is going through a rather difficult breakup. Mm -hmm. And I've written probably 50, if not more, letters to my now ex. Mm-hmm. I spelled out everything I had to say, everything I wanted him to know, everything I wanted him to see, to understand, whatever it was, it is in a number of crazy amount of letters that filled half a booklet. And then something happened with the last letters. That's the moment I started moving on. And that was, it was less about holding on. It was less about trying to make him understand. It was less about getting negative emotions out but it was much more about i treasure the time we had Mm. and you made my life special for a while and i'm thankful to you for that yes we parted ways now but i loved you at one point so Mm -hmm. how could i possibly have negative emotions about somebody i felt that deeply about and the last letter is a thank you note for the time that we shared together and what he taught me in the end. Even, in a way, I taught myself going through a breakup. 
Of course, there are lessons that we observe. Exactly. That's the final letter I wrote. I haven't one written since. That sounds like closure. He's still around every now and again on the mine. Of course. But people leave their energies. Exactly. Exactly like that. And it, it took me a long time to get through all of that and dipping into the emotion, dipping out of it, processing, coming back in. But it is a... My process is writing. Mm. That's delicious as thoughts. You had your apple. Yes, exactly. It's the same principle mm. of trying to take the good out Each of something. bite and leaving exactly just like that. The, the core behind. Yeah. First off, thank you for sharing that because that is just... And it sounds so positive. I know that it's part of a process, but I'm glad that you can see, or at least you've experienced it. You know, I don't, I don't want to put labels of on course, your journey yes. at all. You've just told me a thing. But you've gone through that. You've processed that. That's transmutation, Alex. It is. You it have is. turned those feelings of abandonment and all those other things. You know, when somebody's been reckless with your heart, it can leave deep, deep damage. But it sounds very much you have taken the apple from the core. Yeah. It's not an easy process for anybody going through anything of the sort. Oh, Christ, no. Oh, I'm God. not trying to sell magic no, it... beans to anyone on this. But you know your thing. I know my thing. Yeah. And that makes it easier. It does. It's still going to have effects and nonsense. But my second example, which I'm going to tell you right now. Go for it. When it clicks, when you start to understand yourself and understand the cheat codes, you can apply them. I lost somebody who was the center of my life in February. On the night of my birthday party. Oh, God. Which is quite the um, croquet merde monsieur, if you will. <laughs> Shit sandwich to you and I. Yeah. Wow. I had a period of... The night, I broke down for an hour and then I just carried on partying because, to be perfectly honest, I did what I thought that person would want me to do. And also, I didn't want to destroy a party over such a thing because mm. it would, you know, that's just, that would just make it sting more. I'd rather see all my friends happy and I fed off that happiness. Then I spent time being numb, but then I eventually came to the conclusion, especially around uh, the funeral... That this person had taught me how to love. This person had filled my life with sunshine. In fact, this person had taught me that very song and used to sing it to me as a lullaby. Sunshine, you are my sunshine. You make me happy when skies are grey. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Yeah, for a little while, any time I heard that song, it made me just break down. But instead of letting grief, we all grieve in different ways. Hmm. Uh, what I'm saying now is this was special for me because I, I installed it into my journey. I purposely knew that this event, because I'd been planning for this, well, I hadn't planned it, but I'd known this event was going to happen. Hmm. And I had 33 years to expect it. Right. I thought it was going to ruin a decade for me. I really thought that this would be the candy that depression would eat and overwhelm me and become more powerful. Mm. It did not. In fact, what it did is something that I couldn't have actually imagined happening. It made me double down. The person who had taught me sunshine, the person who had taught me love, 
I pledged and I told everybody at that funeral when I gave a eulogy to become the sunshine that had just gone missing in the world. Where that person stood to rise up and where you see people who need help, people who don't have love in their lives, people who need you, go out and shine because we've lost one of our sunshine people and it's your duty to march on and carry carry her banner. So that's how I transmuted that. And it's very, it's personal. And as I say, we're trying to get this out to be so commonplace for everyone. I just hope that by hearing of something like that, that you too can even entertain the thought of doing something like that. But again, you and I are on our own paths. Mm -hmm. Anybody listening is on theirs. And all we can do is wish luck. I hope that you can feel it. Though we cannot see you, we cannot hear you, we cannot hug you, we cannot get drunk with you, we cannot sing with you, dance with you, or hug you. That we still love you, and that I hope that it gives you the spoon you need to find your tribe, and to find that group of people which can help you grow, because you deserve that. That almost sounds like an end to me. You've been listening to the I'm Glad You Exist. If I can, so can you podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on all the usual social medias. Like, subscribe, follow us, which is the best thing you can do to help us continue making this podcast. And please, never ever forget, you are loved.